0: Mountains are moving. Mountains are moving when? Right now, because by faith, we can see the impossible. By faith, we see it done right now. Why? What's our evidence? Well, the Word of God's our evidence before we ever see it in the natural realm. So I thank God. He, God's always working behind the scene as we trust Him. It might not look like it, but He's moving on our behalf. He's watching over His Word to perform it. Amen. Well, good evening, everybody. How's everybody doing? So, is it going to snow or is it not going to snow? Is it going to snow for sure? <laughs> you don't want that for the, okay. Five feet? Oh, my goodness. Well, oh, my, I think, I think I'll sit down on that. Go ahead and sit down, everybody. Go ahead, baby. Thank you, Praise Team. I love what's happening in this house. How about you? God is so good, and... My wife and I, um, in seeking God for this year for Harvest Church, we had some different things come up on our heart, and 2021 is, is a year of growing together and serving better. We're going to grow so we can serve. We're going to grow better so we can serve better, right? Grow together, serve better. And, and one, of the, one of the things that will help us do that is, first of all, team leadership development. So we are also duplicating all positions in this ministry. We're cultivating community. And I believe mountains are coming down, right? brambles are falling. I believe everything this church owns and that we own is paid in full. I believe this campus is paid in full. And you don't want to miss Sunday because we're going to give you an exciting update on where we are with our campus uh, debt liquidation. Glory to God. So we're committed to Uh, Just pouring our hearts out to you, when I get some emphasis like this in my heart, I begin to go over all my roles to see how I apply this leadership development. Every week, my wife and I, in our staff meeting, are pouring out our heart in leadership development. You know, you get what you teach on. Faith comes by hearing. You might say, well, why do I need to have leadership teaching? Well, guess what? You lead yourself, don't you? Who's the hardest person you ever had to lead in your whole life? The first person you have to learn to lead is who? Yourself. yourself. And who's the hardest person to keep in check? Yourself. yourself. If you wouldn't follow yourself, why should anyone else? Sometimes i ask myself the question, uh, do, would I want my word level to be duplicated throughout the rest of this ministry and everybody's life at that level? I wonder if I would like everybody to have my prayer life. Well, what would you say? Well, don't say say it now, but anyway, these are things that we ask ourselves. So we're going to talk about leadership development on the third week of every, uh, of, um, what am I saying? Every month. <laughs> and then on the first week we're doing prayer. We teach on prayer and we pray. The second week we teach on discipleship. Cause that's another mandate we have. And it's going to be excellent because our different staff members are going to come up and help us grow. Then the third week is on, um, leadership like tonight, and then the fourth week is going to be whatever we want it to be. It's going to be myself, it's going to be sometimes worship nights, and it'll be more word-oriented probably. But this leadership teaching tonight is word-oriented. I want you to know that. God wants you to fulfill your full potential, and that requires all of us to be leaders. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the emphasis you've placed on my heart for this year. And God, we're doing everything that we're led to do by you to help raise up people to be leaders of themselves, to follow the influence of your word more than they do anyone else. And Father, no matter if someone else wants to go in the wrong direction, we're going to influence ourselves in the right direction. We're going to be leaders, not just followers. And Father, we ask you for utterance tonight. We thank you for ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts open to receive, and we pray that over the congregation that's watching in via the internet. And Father, we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody hold up a five for me. Five things changed my life. Number one, you can put your hands down. <laughs> Number one, the Word of God changed my life. We're talking about that on Sunday mornings, as a matter of fact. Number two is my prayer life and my my life with the Holy Spirit. i put it like that. Leaving Ramah, two things that were penetrated in my spirit so deeply was a love for the Word and a love for the Spirit of God. The foundation of this ministry is built on the Word of God and the things of the Spirit of God. The third thing that really revolutionized my life was good leadership over my life. Being under good leadership, you, you know, you need to watch who you are hanging around because you're going to imitate uh, who you're in the crowd with. And good a bad company corrupts good morals, so good company would do what? It, it would help us be stimulated to whatever uh, good that is. And then the fourth thing that helped change my life was me hanging around good people, people of like precious faith. We have all kinds of... Last year, I think we, we started 17 new groups, just a fellowship with, with married couples, with just all kinds of categories <laughs> But uh, we really, really are developing community in this church, because I don't know about you, but whenever we get in a difficult time, I like to know there's somebody who's going to stand with us. We do life together, right? Then the fifth thing that changed my life was just simply serving my way to my destiny. Um, I think tonight we're just going to introduce some things, and the first thing I would like to do is go back and share with you about our, our um, leadership experiences where we started, But uh, the way I'm implementing this leadership developments here, I didn't share the whole picture with you, is my wife and I are pouring into our staff, then every third uh, Wednesday night we'll be pouring out to the congregation and through the internet. Then what we're doing is we're meeting with our district leaders that we oversee ministries in North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia, and we'll be imparting leadership principles to them. Then in turn, everybody else can live it, right? We can all arise to better leadership and we can also share it with others. Listen, no matter what category you are in tonight, you're going to be better off by hearing what we say tonight and what we're going to teach you on leadership development. Because leadership's influence. You know, you're letting someone influence you right now, either positively or negatively. And a good leader's going to say, no, I'm not going toward the negative. I'm going to be led with the positive. I'm going in the positive direction according to the Word of God, according to what relates to God and His Word. That's the way I'm going. There could be others, even a crowd going in a certain direction, but if it's not what I'm supposed to do or according to the Word of God, I'm going to influence myself with the power of the Holy Spirit to go in the right direction. I've seen many people come and go over the years in ministry, about 33 years now, but you know what? I've always stayed the course, put like a blinder on me like that horse that just goes down the runway. So we are doing our best to cover all of our responsibilities with duplicating and developing leadership. Our leadership, I'm not going to go all the way back too far, but I will say that my leadership journey really was amplified uh, by being in college. When I was in college, um, I did play a little bit of college football, and, and, and that's where I really learned how to lead myself, uh, because uh, football players on a team, sometimes they don't want to do a lot of times, they, want, they don't want to do the right thing, and they try to influence you to do the wrong thing, and I took a stand with my stand in Christ. Uh, thank God I got filled with the Holy Spirit that gave me that sticking power, the power to say no, the power to say yes to the right things. But I also uh, had to leave my uh, senior season in, um, in my business training at Appalachian State uh, to go and help my parents, because their business was was um, growing very, very very fast, and they needed my help. However, I did finish my degree. I want to let you know that. And at that point, God had just done such a great work in my heart in college that I started a Bible study. I started a Bible study, and it was in our basement, and uh, we started with just a few, then a few more came, then more came, then more came, then more. I mean, we were packed out with young adults and just hungry for God, but I really didn't know how to lead, you know, and it's, it's, it's better to be under a leader before you lead. As a matter of fact, if you can't submit to leadership, don't be expecting someone to submit to your leadership. If someone's rebelling against you, I wonder if you've been rebelling against someone else. Well, I'm just saying, this could get tight, but it is right, all right? <laughs> but uh, actually, when I, I uh, knew that I had to go, uh, the Lord really dealt with me about going to Rama Bible Training Center, and so but the Bible study continued to go on. And when I was at Rama my first year, my wife actually... Uh, visited. You want to mention mention the positive side of that?
1: Okay. So when he was <laughs> off at Rama, make a long story short, we actually had attended the same church, but didn't know it because the church was so large. So I ended up attending this Bible study at his parents' home that he had started, and um, I was in my career as a cosmetologist. And, um, just leading in, you know, ways like that really is kind of like your own business, uh, when you go into that field. So, um, but I wanted to get to connect it because that was a time in my life where I was like, I had a good relationship with God, but I felt like he was wanting something more from me. And I was trying to find out what that was. And so I was trying to connect with other young people on fire for God. So, um.
0: It just wasn't the same. It was a different
1: me. case when I went to that young adults. And let's just say this when you're that age, uh, college and career age, you know when you go to something and someone um, is there for the right reasons or wrong reasons. And most of the people, well, the one I came in contact with there when I visited was approached me where I never went back again because mm. it was a young man and I just I wasn't into that right then I, I didn't it
0: wasn't the right young man
1: it wasn't the right young man yes
0: that's right so
1: yes I did attend that
0: mm-hmm. one time so anyway I went out to <laughs> to um where am I going I went oh to I went, Rama. Rama. Right. <laughs> went to Rhema that's right went to the interesting story about our little testimony here is um you know I I got involved when I was out there worked full-time I um volunteered full-time. It was just a very busy time. Actually, you know, it is sort of like that even till today. But um, I I went out there to Rhema, and um, I was actually uh, called by somebody in a particular church that we went to that says, I have a young lady I need to, you know, introduce yourself, introduce you to. And given the nature of the person that was calling, I was like, oh no, I don't know who that's going to be. You ever been on a blind date? Now, how many of you have ever been on a blind date that you wish you were blind? <laughs> well, I thought that's what I was getting into. <laughs> but, uh, however, I agreed that when I came home on my winter break that I would go out with, well, no, I, I actually said, listen, I'm going to call her, and if I like what she says, then I'll ask her out. <laughs> that is so me back then, and I was sort of really businesslike. And,
1: I was interviewed and, on our date. i <laughs>
0: But I called her, and boy, she had a lot going with her that was similar in my heart. And we went out, and, and anyway, um, long story short is she actually ended up, we actually get mar- got married that summer, and then she went out to Ramah with me, because she needed to go through a leadership track as well. I'm just backing all the way up, so we're just going to slowly go through some things tonight. But, um, you know, we, every, when God's preparing you for something, you know you have a purpose to fulfill, and it's going to take good leadership over your life to help help you navigate. For someone to be an example for yourself, first of all, to lead yourself. That's what I had to do: is go out there, be separated from everybody. I would just uh, studying full time in the ministry, and I was working full time in the ministry, and and it was like we had no time. But it was that time of the season that we had to sow those types of seeds. But we got involved on setup crews when my wife was out there. Um, we actually got involved in every category of the children's ministry because she was in the children's ministry. I was in uh, a different ministry section of teaching. And, uh, and so we got started there. You know what? The first thing you want to do when you get engaged in leadership development is just serve, mm-hmm. just volunteer, just get on a team. Uh, Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of my Father who sent me. In other words, there's a nourishment that comes from serving others that you'll not find in anything else, you'll still have a sense of dissatisfaction when you're not serving. So we got involved in all kinds of different things. We got involved in healing school, and we work with um, Keith Moore uh, at, at, in, in the healing school out there at Ramah. And so I, I was a year ahead of my wife. And so in the second year, we were just serving in all different capacities, just submitting just taking on assignments, just just um, working hard and, and walking in integrity and just learning the Word and, and just taking that season fully in. You want to take the season that you're in to prepare for the next season. We don't want to come short in any season. You don't want any sh- season as bad as it is to come up short and you don't want any uh, season as good as it is to not transition into the next one. So we... Um, we went ahead and, and uh, the second, second year, I actually thought we were going to go to Peru. Peru to help missionaries out there because we'd be teaching in Bible schools like 48 hours a day. And uh, I just thought that's, you know, we said, listen, we're not going to be like some people around here that stayed their whole life there. And uh, this is not, you know, our Mecca. We're supposed to be trained there. And some people are, are don't, don't get me wrong, they're supposed to stay there, but we weren't. <laughs> And, and we went ahead and we took plans to, to go and meet with the leader of, over the Peru ministry. And we told him we were coming. And, uh, you know what? It's a good thing to follow God and and initiate things. And then you just keep going. If you've got peace, you know, you just keep going and keep planning and keep serving and keep doing what you know you're supposed to do. And peace is an indicator that you're supposed to do something, by the way, you know that. And, but, uh, I was in uh, Dad Hagen. Kenneth Hagen was teaching me. Not Kenneth Hagen Jr., but Kenneth E. Hagen. Uh, we, um, as a term of, of, of endearment, we'd call him Dad Hagen. But we, we were in a, I was in that class, Faith Library, at the end of the day. And he was teaching on, in Faith Library. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God rose up on the inside of me and told me, arrested my attention, say, you are not supposed to leave Ramah. You're supposed to be here another year. Your wife needs to finish Rama, and, and that's, that's all I got. And so, boy, doesn't that stink? When you really thought you had a direction, and you told somebody you're coming, then all of a sudden you realize, oh, my goodness, I have got to go now and meet with this person, and he's going to think I am a fruit nut flake. you know. But you know what? I had to obey God no matter what, what happened, but I was just weird. I came out to the car, and what did I look like when I came out to the car?
1: I just looked at him. He looked like... Uh, that he just been, saw a ghost or something. I was like, what happened to you? What's going on? I
0: saw the Holy Ghost. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I didn't see him, but he gave me a sense of direction. I knew that I knew that that was our next step of our path, is to continue to serve as much as we possibly could. That was training us. Mm-hmm. That was preparing us. Yeah, and uh, again, this was a large ministry. So, wow, we, we went into that nursery, and I'd hold the babies. I wouldn't change them, though. Oh, my goodness, I, I just praise the Lord. Now, God, I, I, you know, I'll never say I'll never do something, but we'll just thank God that I don't have to do that. But um, anyway, ladies did that as well, and then we get went over every single category. And so my wife, as she was going through her her second year because I was done, I was led to, you know, not only work full-time at that time, but then be involved heavily in uh, set-up crews heavily involved, and sometimes we go to prayer, prayer meeting, and then we go to um, healing school, so it was just another aspect of our learning, and serving, and growing, and, and um, knowing that we were doing the right thing, and in submitting to authority, it's very, 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 everybody say very. very, very rare that God would ever put you in authority if you'd not had a lengthy relationship with somebody following them in authority, where you follow their vision, you take on their vision as your own. Yeah. And again, I, I, my wife and I get upset sometimes when there's a speaker on, uh, it's talking about serving, saying, you know what, God told me to ch- uh, stop my job and to, to minister the Word. He was going to take me around the world. And I said, you know what, and you can do that too. Well, no, you can't, not unless God told you to. You might be led to be a part of the children's ministry for the rest of your life. Be faithful. You might, be, you might be led to lead a small group for the rest of your life. Be faithful. Whatever. You might, whatever your giftings and your talents, listen, don't greatness is relative to what God's assignment is for your life, not what you think something great is. I, I, I don't get into these entertainment-type churches that it looks like, my goodness, I want to be a star just like them. That's not what it's all about. It's all about him, and it's all about them, all the people and how we can help them. So then, after we, um, I didn't really plan on going to our testimony tonight. Is this okay? I was like, I
1: can just go sit down. Yeah, I'm sorry, babe. (laughs) I am so sorry.
0: We have everything prepared. (laughs) You should see all of our highlights and stuff. They're all good. Um, But then, after she finished her second year, I finished the third. We were just praying. And this was another time that that God really raised up strong in my heart. We were were in a one-bedroom apartment. And my prayer closet was the bathroom, because that's literally about the only room that was available. So uh, I just put on the, you know, the, air, the, the vent where it gets real loud and just drowns out everything, and I would pray. And I was just wondering what we we're going to do uh, with the next step of our life. If we were supposed to say, fine. If we were supposed to go to Peru now, fine. But no, um, as I was praying, the, the Lord just helped me interpret what I prayed in an unknown time and it came directions say so you're supposed to serve bishop hash that's all god said bishop hash is a pastor bishop hash and lady joy they pastor in winston-salem north carolina we are just oh they're so dear to us they're our spiritual parents uh and long story short is we moved from the graduation stage where she walked out and got on a u-haul and we were gone i tell you what when you know you've heard from god do not delay Sometimes the enemy can talk you out of something. That's just not the way he works with us. We we get something, we get it clear, and then we move forward with it. So we did that, and we started serving. And that was our next step, just serving. We didn't get paid. We were volunteering full-time. My wife actually worked full-time so I could volunteer full-time. And she wasn't making big money either. But you know what? That's what we knew we were supposed to do. Then I got a part-time job, and I worked part-time, and I volunteered full-time. This is just our path, however God leads you on your path. It's just I couldn't stand not to be working in the ministry because that's what our heart was all about. I, in my, um, my parents' business, I was going to be a partner. But you know what? I had everything but no peace because I now I needed to follow God's plan for my life. And, and, and what God's plan for my life was was different than what other people wanted me to do in life sometimes. But I knew I was following God. So we came back to serve St. Peter's. And won't you tell what you did at St. Peter's as part of our assignment?
1: So when we um, came back, I immediately got involved in uh, the children's ministry. And six months of us being there, I don't know if you want to share this side of it, um, and then I'll go into mine. But six months of us being there, there was a church split And um, so at that point, as he had been volunteering to that point, that's when he was asked to be on the full-time staff as an associate pastor. Um, And here's the thing about ministry, just like your Christian walk, whatever area that we are serving in the house of God, we are leading in that area. Somebody's looking to us, somebody's seeing how we react to things. And so it's very important that we're serving God with a heart of servant toward him. Because if you get your eyes distracted on what comes at you, even through people, um, that can get you off your path. And I say that because once he was placed and presented to the church as the associate pastor, um, one of the associate pastors, we had 30 families leave the church Um, because they did not want to see, first of all, we were young, um, we um, we were a minority in the church, and so, you know, you can either let that hurt you, and you live your life hurt for the rest of your life, or you can begin to lead yourself and say, God, I'm serving as unto you. I am here to do what you've called me to do. And so leadership doesn't look nice and flowery and everything's good and everybody helps you in your department and everybody shows up on time. And it's it's not like a perfect world, but it's a perfect God we serve. So God graces us to lead. And that impacts people, for them just watching your life, more than you'll ever know. There is people in this church that I could just weep at, their faithfulness. They've been with us year after year after year. And just to see the faithfulness of God, of people just sticking in, digging their heels in and saying, God, I am going to do what you've called me to do. And so um, during that time, and he began um, to work at the church full time. I had an outside career full time. Um, I was working full time. And then I began to work in the children's ministry and was asked to be over the entire children's ministry as a volunteer position. And so um, I started doing that. I started writing, you know, manuals of, you know, just different things. And, oh, I just loved everything because I just wanted to do anything for the house of God. I remember one time Lady Joy and I, we traveled with them so much. It was such fond and precious memories but even little simple things, and you're going to laugh, but this was back in the 80s. And so we would go to conferences and we would get ideas and we would bring them back to the church. And I remember one specific time we were, we were looking that as the prayer line went and they had to have, you know, lay a modesty cloth over them if they fell with a dress on. We were just so excited because we knew how to fold them better, to go quicker. And just, I mean, taking the little things And not being, how do I say, just grateful and not overlook the little things. Not overlook the excitements and the joys of serving in the house of God. And so um, I just was so excited to be a part. And I continued the whole eight years we were there. Um, I worked the entire um, eight years as a volunteer. And so I was very honored and I was thankful that I was able to do that. Not only that, but while I was in that position, talking about leadership, um, I had some um, rebuttal against me and I had some leaders under me that um, did not care for me at all and they made it known and talking about leading under the help and grace of God. When God's placed you somewhere, you don't let a person deter you from doing what God has called you to do. And here's the thing. You cannot lead hurt. You cannot serve hurt because that hurt is going to get off onto other people. You know, it's kind of like the, the doctors in the ER That you visit and you say, they either have good side, bedside manners, or they're so uh, callous to the situation, they don't even have that compassion anymore. And if we're not careful, we can do that in leadership. We can do that in serving other people. That we grow accustomed to the church or wherever God's placed us at work and your leadership and your example there. um, That we can become accustomed, not be thankful and grateful for where God has placed us. And then we can become callous and just seeing people as workers and not helpers. And so I thank God for that time. And I'm still growing today. I still want to grow in leadership today. I don't want to stop growing. So I have to do something about it. But I thank God for that time that really helped um, kind of toughen me up in a good way um, just to never give up, not quit stay consistent, and to do what God had called me to do. And so um, and I was just so grateful just to be a part of that. And then he took on many roles there, too, being there full-time at mm-hmm. the church.
0: You know, my first major role was <clears throat> in the business office to automate it, you know, with the computers and all that kind of stuff, and then begin to build a a, a staff that could support the overall growth of St. Peter's and I was over um, the staff, uh, I was over leadership development there, um, I was over healing school. We actually, I taught healing school like three times a week uh, and that, that was just blessed and that grew and um, it was just so wonderful because we loved our leaders, we took on their vision, whatever they wanted us to do, I, we just said, listen, we're here and you just use us anywhere. Wh-.
1: After that statement, I've got to tell you this. One area that they put us, because we said, put us anywhere you want us to be.
0: And that means you can use the color of our skin, because you know what? You need to reflect on stage what you're wanting in the yeah. congregation. Right. Right? And we, we, they wanted diversity, so I'll be quiet. So they down.
1: wanted that diversity, so they approached us, I guess, from, from viewing our love for God from the platform, um, they noticed us in praise and worship. And so the question comes, could you be on our worship team? <laughs> Y'all, let me tell you something. You can try to do what you want to do all the days of your life, but if God has not called you to do it, yeah. fun secret while we were at Rhema, I wanted to sing so bad. I wanted to minister in music so bad. I took voice lessons at Rhema, and... Um, didn't go too good. I tried to knock that door down, and God said, nope, you ain't going in that door. I didn't ask you to do that. So that was my desire. That's what I wanted. But when it comes to leadership, am I going to submit unto his leadership, or am I just going to do what I want to do? But anyway, we were graced for a period of time because our leaders asked us. We didn't feel led to do this. We didn't feel anointed to do this, but we were asked to fill a need and to be on the worship team. I don't know how many years we did that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, guys, we would put on conferences, and um, even though, you know, I might not, I would not, I was, I am not a solo singer, I can sing with a group, but don't put me on a solo or lead the song. I mean, we would, it would be so detailed back then, in the 80s, we would have the patterns, you know, you would buy at the fabric store, and then you have to go and have your own dresses made, and we all matched, and, you know, it would be kind of cool if that was, we had all these speakers come in um it was just it was amazing but God will grace you to do what needs to be done when there is a a need in an area and we're asked we don't have if if God is leading you know and you're asked of your leader you don't have to be led if there's a need just filling that need that's leadership is servant wherever you need me whatever I can do I love that heart. What I don't like is when people walk around with titles. Well, that's beneath me. Or I'm not gifted or talented enough to do that.
0: If no one else is there, yes, you are.
1: That's leadership. That's a servant heart, and I love that. So that's just a side note. We ask them whatever you want us to do, and that's one of the many things that we were asked to do. I think
0: while we're telling our story tonight is we can relate with exactly where you are in no matter level of whatever leadership you've ever been involved in or non-leadership position. Mm-hmm. We are we in years serving underneath other leaders, but we're still underneath those same leaders today in just different capacities. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Um, interesting thing about us being on the praise and worship team, when we had pioneered this church, we had the hardest time finding someone to lead praise and worship. I mean, if you'd only know those stories. Have you ever heard a dirge? A dirge just like funeral music, and like, like just that disposition, like, like, what am I thinking? The Adams Family stuff. You're like, well, that's what I had to preach after. And as a matter of fact, I'd say, listen, just stop that, please. Thank you. Lord, we thank you. Praise you, Lord. But there came a point in time that I, I actually stepped up to lead praise and worship for probably about three years so uh awesome oh, thanks mom uh, <laughs> no but I did my best because I knew I was the best leader at that time to 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 raise up others to help us lead forward so we just want to tell our little bit of our story tonight uh to let you know that we've been in many different capacities of leadership then uh it came a point in time that the Lord placed on our heart to pray for our ministry and uh, again i have to really shorten this story up but we submitted this to pastor or bishop passion lady joy not in such a way as the lord told me that we're to do this and we're going here and bless the lord and uh, so what do you think i mean what do i think you said the lord told you what am i going to say that's just the wrong way to approach your leader anytime even when you've truly heard from god so we submitted that to him and and uh, Bishop "Said Joe, uh, ever since you've been with me, Lord showed me I was to raise you up and send you out. And so he sent us out here going on 23 years ago. And um, we knew them, we know them now for over 33 years. We're st- they're still our leaders and our bishop. And Pastor Miss Lynette Hagan, when, when we first pioneered our church, oh, Daquan, I was having fun. That means we have to leave. Oh no, that's okay. I was just kidding. I was just kidding. Come on, come on back. You got to help me. That, that, yeah. Because tonight went totally different than what I thought. But um, totally
1: different. Yeah. It's good though.
0: Okay. Uh, <laughs> what was I saying? <laughs> I don't know. You was was I I to me? Where, I, where was I? Oh yeah. So we pioneered our church, and I literally with nothing, nobody in a storefront church, and over the course of a year, after two years being faithful, after three years being faithful four years being faithful. I mean, when we first started the church, we we just looked, we're trying to peek around the corner just to see if anybody would come, you know, and, and and we did outreach right there above our storehouse thing. We were in a basement, and we are breaking every negative church growth rule in the book, but God. And then God would lead us, and then we, Mom Judy, we asked her to be our church administrator, and she helped organize things, and She didn't know she was even called to that, but we asked her to. So she yielded to that, but God gifted her in that season to help us. Harvest Church wouldn't be Harvest Church without Reverend Judy. Let's give her a hand. Come on. There's no doubt about that. And she's a major role right now. But um, I got a lot more to say. Okay, we don't say. Uh, y'all give us a couple more minutes. It's gonna snow tomorrow.
1: It's gonna snow tonight.
0: It is. What time? Yeah. One or two in the morning. Well, I know Gail's gonna set her alarm clock. That's what she does. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. As so he
1: concludes this, though, um, I just want to say this. You know, I was talking about leadership, and I'm, I'm thankful. I'm glad when things go a different direction than you even plan because that's needed as well, talking about leading yourself, leading your household, um, and leading in the church because you know what? This is the day of the church. God needs leadership like never before. You know, I think back at St. Peter's with working full-time, volunteering full-time, having two babies back-to-back, two years apart didn't miss a beat, was at every meeting, was at every service, um, and our services went all days on Sunday.
0: <laughs> I remember when church used to go three hours. <laughs> Y'all but, remember that? Well, we had a 9 o'clock service. <laughs> no, wait. 7.30. Mm-hmm, 7.30. 30. 7.30 service. That would go on into the 11 o'clock service, which would go on until 3, and we had a leadership meeting at 4.30. Mm-hmm. So basically... But you know what? That's what we needed. And we
1: lived an hour away from the church. (laughs) So that was interesting too. But anyway, you know, to say all that, when we put things in perspective and priority as we lead, guys, we are coming close to the last days. Nobody knows the day, but (laughs) we are getting closer and closer. You look at the world. And just realizing that leadership and not letting the enemy, or don't buy into the enemy's excuses. Well, I can't because I'm not gifted to do that. Or I can't because I have kids. Or I can't because I have a full-time job. And if we always find excuses of what we can't do in the house of God, that's not good leadership over our life. Because God set the church. Not that we don't have any time for ourselves, not have any time for our family. We've always put our relationship first, our family first, first of all, God, of course. And then, but given ourselves to the things of God. We all have 24 hours in the the day. And just being sensitive to in this time, God, what what can I do in this hour? What can I do? As I lead myself, I lead my church, I'm so thankful. I think the greatest blessing I have today is to go through all of that process for my kids to be born into church, brought up into church, pioneered a church, seen the good, bad, and ugly, but yet they still want to serve God. There is no greater blessing that they're not repelled and that they're not in. But let me tell you what, get back in to serving. Get back in. That's leadership, just serving wherever. That's leadership, serving wherever needed. And whatever you're believing for, if you're believing for your kids to come back in, believing for them to come back to the house of God. I just, when I said that, I kind of hurt for somebody. So I just want to stop right now and just pray. For anyone that has kids, maybe they were brought up in the church, maybe they were repelled by the church, and you're hurt because they're not in the house of God today, or they've never received Jesus as their Lord. I just want to take a moment right here. Those as well. And those online, you hook your heart up with us, and I just want to pray over you and your household right now. So, Father, we come before you, and I pray, Father, as I was just saying that, I felt that hurt of someone. That has given their life to God and their children have turned away from the church. Or maybe some haven't even received Jesus as their Lord. Father, I set my heart in agreement for every mother, with every father, with every grandparent, with every caregiver. Father, we claim those children for the kingdom of God. And Father, as they call them out by name right here, God, we set our heart in agreement with them. We plead the blood of Jesus from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. And God, those things that have been planted in them, Father, all shall not return void, Father. It is a voice in their life. It is a compass in their life. And God, we ask you to continue to draw them by your spirit. Send people around them, Father, that could best speak into their life that they would be opened to, Father. May they be opened. God, we thank you that as we continue to cover them in prayer, that God, that gives you every opportunity to draw them by your Spirit, Father. You'll never make anyone do anything, but you'll draw them. You'll show them what they need to see. We bind blinders from their eyes from seeing truth in Jesus' name. And everyone that has not given their life to the Lord, Father, right now we just ask. Oh, that you would continue to draw them by your spirit. We rip the blinders off, off their eyes. And God, we thank you they're presented with truth from the people they can receive from. And whatever that looks like, Father, a person, a dream, or whatever it would take to awaken them and give them that opportunity to confess Jesus as Lord. God, I thank you as those in the house and watching online, as they... Give of their self and finances and time to the house of God. God, I thank you for what they make for your what they make happen for your house. God, you're making happen for their house. As they are busy about their father's business, God, we thank you for for gracing them, Father, to lead themselves in the things of God. And God, we thank you. We call their children home. In Jesus' name, and to the house of God, in Jesus' name.
0: So we simply told a little bit of our story. We try to bring you up to a stopping place. We can, gosh, I would like to do this more often. That's just in me. But um, next, the third week of next month. But uh, we pioneered the church about our seventh year into the ministry. We were asked to be in leadership over a district in North Carolina for RMAI Rhema, and uh, the school, Rhema Bible College, that we had graduated from. And uh, about our, going on to our eighth year, we moved on to this campus, and we had this gymnatorium, and just that wing over there, Um, and through the course of some years, we added, we bought 10 more acres on the highway, we have added all kinds of parking, and, and uh, the children's wing, and the foyer, and all that kind of stuff, and I'm so thankful. I, told, I truly believe this year, this campus is debt-free. It's We owe nothing, and I, I expect that. How about you? Uh, and a couple years into our being that district leader, we were approached by uh, our leadership in this region, uh, actually by Pastor Hagen. Pastor Hagen actually came up to me at one of the meetings we were out there and said, Joe, I need you to be regional director over North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia, the Southeast region. Last year, we had about 160 ministries that we're helping oversee. In addition to what we're doing here as a local church, in addition to the um, the regional uh, things that we're involved in, uh, we have partnerships that that are spanning the whole world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, you know, all that sounds grandiose, but you know what? We're servant leaders because we allow God to break us. Uh, there's there's nothing nothing more difficult than trying to lead somebody that's not broken. There's nothing more difficult than trying to get somebody free from addiction that's just not done yet or broken. But I'm thankful. And being broken doesn't mean you have a broken spirit. It means you take on a spirit of humility. It means that being a leader no longer exists in your life, you're going to be a servant leader.